You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we do it. If you'd like to contact the show, just send a message, a question, a comment, a concern to our email address at letstalktorah at gmail.com. That's letstalktorah at gmail.com. And hopefully I can take care of any question that you have. If not, I can usually find the person to ask. Well, we are in Michigan. And we are in, almost in February, we're a day away. Today's January 30th. And there is not very much snow outside. Now I know lots of people are happy with that, but I miss my snow. We are in the 30s. We have, well today is okay, we had rain this week, but where is my snow? But I am hopeful that uh, next week, when I go up north with my children, that there will be snow there for our snowmobiles and our tubing and our ice skating, and we are looking forward. And if there's no snow, we will have to figure something else out. We've been there with no snow before, but we are, it sounds funny, but I am praying for my snow. The rest of you can go down to Florida and enjoy your 70-degree weather. This week's Torah portion is, is uh, talks about the first commands that were given to the Jewish people, and we'll see how important um, the role of education takes place, even or for sure, specifically with the first commands given to the Jewish people. Let's just get a quick overview of what's happening in this week's Torah portion. The Torah portion is Bo. Um, we have three plagues left. We have the plague of locusts. We have the plague of darkness, and then we have the final plague, the, the, the death of the firstborn. All the Egyptian firstborn will die. Then Pharaoh will come, and he will beg and plead with Moses and Aaron, please get your people out of my country. Um, there's famous kitty songs. Um, I think I even once played it on an earlier show. It's called Paro in Pajamas in the Middle of the Night. And that is the Pharaoh, somehow, could go ahead and actually go to sleep um, when he knows that Moses has been batting a thousand. Nine for nine. Okay, yeah, it's true, three plagues, there was no warning. But every plague that Moses told Pharaoh was going to happen, happened. Every time Pharaoh said, please get rid of the plague, Moses got rid of the plague. So Moses comes and says... Um, all the firstborn are dying at midnight. Well, the middle of the night. Not 12 o'clock, but the middle of the night. So you figure, even if Pharaoh doesn't want to listen, like, how could he not listen? Like, what is he thinking? And, okay, he does want to listen, but how could he go to sleep? But he goes to sleep. So I asked a, uh, actually what happened was a boy in my class told me an answer, and I, I was not ready for that answer. I said, that's such an amazing answer, I'm going to check it out with my big rabbi. So the boy in my class said the Pharaoh could go to sleep because he felt he was a god. So I said, how could he think he's a god? Like, he knows he's a person. 
So I went to my rabbi, and he said, yeah. He said, you know, the same idea that kings throughout the, the Middle Ages felt it was, uh, it was divine that they were chosen to be kings. The pharaohs also felt it was divine that the gods made them kings, and that gave them the feeling and the power of being a god themselves. So a god could go to sleep, even if his nation's going to get uh, decimated. So Pharaoh gets up, sees everybody, the, all his firstborns are dead. His firstborn is dead. He runs to the Jewish neighborhood. He tells Moses, get out of my country. So Moses says, come on, Pharaoh. You think we're sneaking out in the middle of the night? Ridiculous. We'll leave tomorrow morning. And the next morning, the, all the good Jewish housewives, housewives are uh, preparing breakfast. Right? They couldn't go to the local bakery and, and get some bread. You had uh, water and flour and knead and let the dough rise and get the, get the oven going. It could be a two-hour process for breakfast. So the Egyptians said, if you think you are sticking around in our country, you could forget about it. You are out of here. So the Jewish people had to take their dough, bundle it up, and leave. And they get out of the country. They get to a city called Sukkot where they're going. And in all that time, the dough doesn't rise. It's still unleavened, and they bake it, and they bake it into matzah, into unleavened bread. And therefore, by the Passover Seder, when we tell over the story of the Jewish people leaving Egypt, the command, and really the whole Passover, is to eat unleavened bread. We call it matzah, or wafers, or if you ever uh, watch my uh, promo, you'll see my friend Andy there munching on one of those wafers. He's pretty funny. And, um, and the, again, the reason we're eating it, God says, is to remember how fast God took us out of Egypt. So that's a basic overview of what's happening in this week's Torah portion. Before we leave Egypt, we need some, some commands. So the first command is setting up the calendar. Because you don't have a calendar, then you can't have a date for a Passover. First command, when the new month begins, the rules and regulations, and therefore the 15th of the first month of the Jewish calendar called Nisan is Passover, and then we get a bunch of Passover rules and regulations, the, the taking the sheep and the tying it to the bedpost so they could watch it to make sure there's no blemishes, and how we're going to eat it, we're going to be ready to leave and the slaughtering and the putting the blood on the doorposts and all kinds of stuff. And you have to barbecue. You must barbecue the, the sheep. And everybody knows that when you have a barbecue in the neighborhood, everybody knows it's a barbecue because you can smell it a mile away. And again, it was all part and parcel of the process. We had to get this idol worship out of our mindset. We had to be ready to accept God. And again, it was, it was our preparations and and what we were going to do to get ready to leave Egypt. In that list of commands and rules and regulations, the Torah portion starts to talk about that you will speak to your children, and most of you are familiar, I hope, with the four sons. The very beginning of the Passover Seder, um, we have the four questions from the four sons. There's a standard four questions, and then we talk about the four sons. There's four sons. There's the wise son, there is the wicked son, there is the simple son, and then there's a son who, in English, it says he doesn't know how to ask. Does it mean he's just very young, 
So he's just taking everything in and clueless? Or does it mean he's uninterested? So again, that's a debate amongst the rabbis. But I would like to focus on one of the four sons, and it will be the last one you will guess. Okay, time's up. It is the wicked son. Actually, the first son that the Torah tells us about is the wicked son. And we'll get into this question momentarily. And the verse says that Moses is talking to the Jewish people and tells them they're going to leave Egypt and and they're going to have children. And those children will be wicked. And we're going to see what makes them wicked soon. And they're going to go to the land of Israel. And it says the people kneeled and bowed down and said, thank you. Now, at first blush, we got to think about this. Right? Moses is sitting there telling everybody, okay, guys, you are going to have wicked children and they will ask you terrible questions. And the Jewish people say, hooray, yay, thank you so much, we're so happy. Like, hello, like we're, we're missing something over here. So, um, so this lesson is really where it all begins. The, the, this first basic set of commands that the Jewish people are getting is in the, in the role of education. That even at the beginning, it is important for the Jewish nation to know that education comes first. There is a way to educate your children. And education is most important. The whole Passover Seder is set up that we talk to our children, that we educate our children, we want to tell them what happened. But it's, it's, it's all encompassing how education works. So let's take a step back and look at this child and look at education in general and see if we can come to a, a good understanding of exactly what's supposed to be happening here. So let's take it slow. So what does this wicked son say exactly that we're so uh, disturbed about that we're calling him a wicked son? So he makes a statement, what is this service to you? Okay. I mean, we like questions. I like questions. I deal with questions in class all day long, some intelligent, some not so intelligent, uh, some too nitty-gritty, and I have to explain to them what makes a good question and what doesn't make a good question. But we want questions. Nobody wants to sit, especially to my third graders. A teacher doesn't want to sit and lecture. You want questions because questions opens our mind, makes, makes the whole conversation clear. That's why we do things with question and answer. The whole Talmud, which we've talked about recently, is question and answer. It's not written as a set of laws. First of all, it's boring and dry, and it's not clear, and it's hard to remember. Questions makes things exciting, means we're thinking, and brings up points we never would have thought of. So he asked a question. Where Let's imagine we're all sitting around. There's this roasted lamb or sheep sitting or goat sitting right there on my table, and we have the finest... Uh, tableware out and our china and our crystal and silver goblets and we're all in a relaxed uh, mood and we're enjoying and this child takes his turn to ask and he says what is this service to you and immediately our our reaction is supposed to be this is a wicked son we better blunt his teeth the verse says like like what gives like so he asked the question so you don't like the question. So therefore, like what happens? So what now? So here's what happens. First, what is, what is he thinking? What is this wicked child doing? So there's numerous answers to what he's asking wrong. Whether he says, what are you doing? It has nothing to do with me. 
That's one answer. Um, another answer I uh, saw recently is he looks at the table and he says, this is not how I envision religion. Religion, you're supposed to be very spiritual and and removed from the rest of the world and and saying holy things and thinking holy things. Here we're sitting by the table, the family, eating brisket or roast and, and all these delicacies and food and drink and wine. This, this is how you celebrate? I don't think so. This is not how I envision a Jewish celebration. So why is, why is this wicked child talking like this? He's trying to make a point. His point is that I don't like religion, and whatever you do is not the right way to do religion. The way you should do religion is, uh, is again, to be spiritual and, and somber and stuff. It's not partying. So he's, he's trying to, like, like, poke holes into how you do stuff. What are you guys doing? There's no value in this. Or others say... You're ancient, you're archaic, you're old-fashioned. What do you think you're doing? There's a modern world. Why don't you get with the times? That's what he's trying to accomplish. He's trying to knock down what the family is doing. But really, really, this is, if you think about it, this is the best way to, to react, to be religious. Eating and drinking is a way of serving God. I don't mean getting drunk. But sometimes that could also be serving God. We want to serve God. We want to educate our children. We want to be happy. We want to show them we enjoy what's going on. There was a famous uh, Rabbi Moses Feinstein. And there was a Yiddish phrase. It's hard to be Jewish. So Rabbi Feinstein said there are more people that went away from being Jewish. From that statement, it's schwer, it's hard to be a Jew because the children said, oh, my parents, they're special, they're righteous, they can handle this. We're not so righteous, we can't handle it. It's not true. It's not hard to be Jewish at all. It's easy to be Jewish. It's fun to be Jewish. Look, here we're, we're celebrating the Passover. Say there, we're going to tell stories. We're going to enjoy. We're going to have wine. We're going to have meat. We're going to have brisket and roast and this barbecued sheep here on my table. We're going to enjoy each other's company. That's a great way to, to do mitzvos because I'm using what God gave me. I'm enjoying what God gave me and put into this world. I'm enjoying it. And at the same time, I'm doing God's commands. Like, what could be better? You know, it's the opposite of what this wicked son is trying to, uh, to, uh, to, to say we're doing. We're, we're, not, we're not doing commands and, and, be, and not enjoying it. We're enjoying life. We're enjoying doing God's commands. That's what we're doing. That's what we want everyone. We want our children to feel that. And that's getting back to our conversation of education. We want to educate our children. We want them to enjoy their education. We want them to have fun learning. We want them to be excited to do God's commands. If you're excited, if it's fun, if you're enjoying it, if you're relaxed, if you're chilled, that's what God wants. He wants you to enjoy serving him. Otherwise, you'll be grumpy. We're going to talk grumpy later. And uh, you'll be grumpy. You won't like it. And what makes you think your kids are going to want to do what you didn't enjoy doing? If you enjoy 
the Passover Seder. If you have intelligence, if you have knowledge, your kids are going to follow along. Perfect. They're going to love doing it. They have great memories. And that's going to take me to the next step. And the next step is why are we applauding? Why are we happy that we have this wicked son? And this is a very important thought in education. And that is... Where we, we, there's all kinds of children out there. We've done shows, talked about different, like wicked's not really a good word. Our friend Batya Rudel never would have used that word. When we talk education, we talk children, there's all kinds of children. They're different. They're not all the same. And as long as my child is having an open conversation with me, I may not like what my child has to say. I may not agree with, my, with what my child has to say. But if I can be open-minded and I can listen to my child and I can love my child and I can show my child that interesting thought, let's, let's talk about why you have this reaction to what we're doing. Let's, uh, let's get into the, into the program. Let's talk about the whole thing. If I could go ahead with my child and I can show my child his question is good and turn it and give him the time to think, today he'll be wicked. But in five years ago, he's going to say, I remember how my father talked to me. I remember how my mother talked to me. I remember how they loved me. If I can do that, then I have it made. And that's education. I hope you guys liked it short and sweet. Thanks to our wonderful sponsor listeners. You know, I couldn't do without you. Thanks to my wonderful production team today. We have Kelsey, Angel, Stephen, Cole. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next week, I am Rabbi C. Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NM Streamcast. And until next week, don't forget to think about it.